This is John Gescheitmeyer of Wisconsin Real Estate Today, your real estate expert. This podcast is designed to equipping people with the teaching and tools they need to succeed in real estate. I hope you enjoy this episode and subscribe for more real estate content. Part three of three of our inspection know-how series with Dave Colasari. Uh, Dave, welcome back to part three here where we're going to talk about the details of the day of the inspection. Okay. So let's dive right into it. So in the previous two episodes, we had talked about what to expect, limitations, um, the things that an inspector can look at and can't, that type of thing. Right. But let's go into, um, and we'll just set the stage. So we've got a buyer now who calls you guys or maybe you know schedules everything online. They're assigned an inspector, and you have multiple inspectors. The And you kind of take care of all the details, which is nice on my end from the real estate side of things because you'll contact the other side. Yes. You know, if it's my buyer, you'll contact the listing agent. And bottom line is it gets all arranged. Yes. So we don't have to worry about that. But when a buyer calls you, there's a, a series of decisions and options available to them. Correct. And we were just talking about one of my buyers who recently did a home inspection with you guys. Um, and already had a radon mitigation system installed. So maybe go through the, all the options available to the buyer when they first call, things they should think about for scheduling. Well, before you go further on that, you need to find out what actually was approved in the offer to purchase. Good point. That is a good conversation to have with your buyer because a lot of times, they may want all these services because we, we, we do a lot of ancillary services such as sewer scopes and air sampling, um, wood destroying organism inspections. And if that's not approved, then the, our conversations kind of moot, you know, um, even radon. We may say, hey, do you, would you, do you need a radon test with the inspection? Um, and they say, yes, I want it. And guess what? We get a call back from the agent saying, no, that was not part of the offer to purchase. So I think the conversation conversation starts with the with the agent, what is allowable, what's not, what their concerns are, uh, and then they can decide when they call us uh, if they are interested in radon, if they are interested in um, other services that a home inspector may provide, such as like I said, sewer scopes, um, wood destroying organism inspections, uh, air sampling, mold sampling, things like that. Uh, but those are the things they should at least have in mind. What what that information or what what they actually want other than a home inspection because a home inspection is the bare bones it's the minimal okay um, and when i say minimal it's per our wisconsin state standards it's not like we say we don't do this we do this we don't do that we do this the standards protect us and they protect the buyer this is what a home inspector does and this is what he doesn't do and all the other stuff uh, if they want additional services if the home inspector provides those services um, they come in at a different uh, fee. So that's a great point. Let's go back to that for a second. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about if you're a seller and someone else is obviously scheduling a home inspection at your house. Right. And let's talk about the buyer side. So let's talk about the seller first. If you're the seller, you're relying on your listing agent to also know what the buyer tends, uh, intends on doing. So yes. in other words, let's use radon. If I'm on the listing side of things and I'm protecting my clients, and we did not negotiate the option of testing for radon because in our first podcast together, we talked about the purpose of a home inspection. We went through the difference between testing and, and inspecting. 
So let's go back to that. If I'm the listing agent, maybe you guys are hired to represent the buyer. At least I, on the listing side, I have a good feeling that a good inspector and a good inspection company is coming in. Mm -hmm. But I also have to, you know, if they want to drop off radon equipment to measure that, radon measuring equipment prior to, let's say, the inspection, I got to make sure that we're either renegotiating that or I say, whoa, wait a minute, we didn't do that. So that's right. a great point. Right. On the buyer side, um, of course, of all, I will always write in, it just as the buyer's agent, I'll always write in the option to test for radon. Most, most do. But, but I think it's a good time to do it, obviously, on the buyer side of things. But nonetheless, when you have that opportunity to do it, you try to get in there I, probably a couple days before if you can. Correct. So we can get everything done at one time. If, if everybody responds to emails and lets us in and all that stuff, it's kind of like a, a well-oiled machine. There's a lot of times we'll put out emails and, hey, we need to get in for radon, and, and they don't return our calls, they don't return emails, because we try to contact the listing agent uh, for that information or for that, that chore. Right. And so, have, I mean, you, don't, you are not privy to the, to the contract, whether it's the buyer Correct. or seller side, it doesn't matter. Right. You're just going on what the buyer says. Mm -hmm. You'll ask the buyer, as long as you have permission to do it, of course, we'll make it, we'll make it happen. I like the fact that even on the listing side, I get the results at the, at the time of the inspection. That's important. To Sooner the better. You know, and one of the things in this highly, highly competitive environment, whether you're a buyer or seller, those deadlines are being shrunk. I mean, I just expect, accepted an offer as a listing agent on a property in Waukesha not all that long ago, where the inspector, the inspection period deadline was five days. You know, that's we, that's we, not a lot. We have people who call our office. And well, they either call our office or they have they use our, their online dashboard and they reserve a home inspection spot. They want to know how many days are out so they can put that in the contingency, lower it to five, lower it to four. Dave, can you get us in like in two days? Are you sure? We can get you in. I'll hold you a spot. Or they put the inspection date right in the offer, and it's just more attractive. So yes, they are doing whatever it takes to be competitive. Well, right. I mean, in this particular case, we had a dozen offers on this property. I mean, it was almost unmanageable. So let's fast forward. You get everything scheduled. Mm -hmm. um, you're having the conversation. So you have radon as an option, radon testing. Um, whatever options are available to you, now you have the home inspection scheduled, right? Right. It's Thursday at one o'clock. Buyers almost always meet the inspector there, I would guess, but they yes. don't have to. They don't have to. They don't have to. Um, everybody's different in this business, okay, when it comes to buyers. Some buyers are very, very concerned. Some people are over-concerned. Some people are not concerned at all. Um, you have to read your client. So they are welcome to attend. We encourage their attendance because that is really half the value of the inspection, not just looking at the report, but seeing that the, ad, or the home inspector went into the attic. He went on the roof. He's showing you pictures. He's kind of giving you an idea of what... what you have there, okay, introducing you to the home you're going to buy. Um, and it all depends. We don't make the client be there. Like right now, through this pandemic, a lot of people are saying, do you want us there? I guess there's home inspectors that are not allowing their clients to come. I have heard that. And I'm like, no, you definitely can come. This is the largest purchase investment of your life. I'm not going to make you stay at home. If you'd like to attend, please do. We can wear masks, gloves, whatever. And if you don't want to attend, we can follow up on the phone call. So everybody's but, different. But you also, in a previous podcast, you had also indicated that you have video that you can put into the... Yes. And I have a copy of your, of your report online in front of me now. I love it. I think it's very interactive. It's, a, it's, it's great. 
but you can in those deep you know you have the sections the grounds the roof systems the chimney the exterior and we're going to talk about the day of the inspection in a second but you can put videos in there for every one of those yes and that's and this doesn't necessarily go away in a couple months they can go back and use no it's there forever and if you if you want something more like a picture you can pdf the summary you can pdf the report or, or, or the entire report and there's even a handy tool in there that upper right hand corner you can use real estate agent tools where you can just cut and paste and put some of that uh, verbiage in your uh, addendum if you need to <laughs> i did not know that <laughs> that is very nice i'm looking at it now so dave let's go let's fast forward day of the inspection thursday one o'clock whatever it is um you or one of your inspectors will meet and, and you said in a previous podcast you get there a little bit early yes um, you try to do some of the outside stuff as best as possible. To your point, though, I always encourage my people to go and attend. And even if it's to attend at the later part of the mm-hmm. inspection, maybe an hour into it or something like that. Mm-hmm. Right. Typical time of a home inspection. And, it, and that's a, it depends on a lot of factors. But depends on a lot of factors. Two and a half, three hours. Okay. Um, 2,000 square foot yep. building, you know, maybe two and a half, right? Ish. Right, right. Obviously, the larger the building, the more that... Or even... The age, the worst, the more, depending on the condition. The condition can do a lot too. I don't care if it's a thousand square foot house. If we have to report on everything we see, that's going to take more time too. Well, that's a good point. Like a lot of people come up to us or they call us and they say, well, this house has no basement and it ought to be cheaper in price. Well, actually it should be more. And the reason why is because now your furnace is in the attic that I have to crawl into and take it apart. Um, your water heater could be maybe in a crawl space. I mean, who knows? It's just harder to get to. Um, so it doesn't necessarily mean a discount in price. It's harder work for the inspector, actually. Sure. So day of the inspection, you're starting your inspection, and you always start with the outside, as you yes. said before. Um, going up on roofs, that's something that is a question that I get a lot. Does the inspector go on the roof? I don't know if there's an absolute answer to that, but... Your thoughts on that? Home inspector does not need to go on the roof to inspect it per the Wisconsin state standards. Um, they have to identify how they inspect it. So if they inspected it from the ground with binoculars, they have to post that in the report. If they inspected it at the la- with the ladder at eaves, they have to uh, document it that way. Now, the best way, or some people even have drones, you know, high-pitched roofs. But I'm going to tell you the best way to look at a roof is what? From the ground. On the roof. Being oh. on the roof. It's the best way to look at a roof. So if my guys can get on the roof, I thought that was they're going to go on the roof. Question, no, <laughs> no, no tricks here. You, it's the best way to get on the roof. So it depends on the home inspector. Maybe your home inspector is older. Maybe he's um, out, of, out of shape. Maybe he's a heavy guy. I, I don't know. Uh, it, uh, that all depends too. Some of my young guys, they go on these roofs like they're nothing. And I tell you what, being 50, uh, I, don't, I, I don't feel as comfortable on roofs as I used to. But it, it, they do not have to go on the roof to inspect it. But, but there's not a degradation in services. No. By binoculars. No. By you know, being at the eaves, meaning you put the ladder up, you're at the gutter line. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be something that a, that a, that a buyer would wonder. You know, if I'm a buyer and I'm listening to this, I would think, well, if you're not up there, how do I, no, how do sure. I know for sure that you saw those things? I think it's pretty safe unless you have houses, some old houses have flat areas on top and there's just no way to get on it. Then, then what the inspector needs to do is report what he sees and then also report what he can't see. Right. That's good reporting. Um, 
but it leaves a little bit of a gray area open, um, uncertainty, so to speak, for the buyer. So you do the outside and you're noting conditions, areas of repair, mm -hmm. you know, all those other things. Um, and there's a lot you can see out there. There's a lot that you can... It's the longest part of the report, the exterior. It takes bet. the longest to produce. I'll bet. Brick, siding, gutters, roof, chimneys. Uh, grading, electrical. Grading, electrical, foliage. I mean, not that you're going to report on the health of the foliage necessarily, but right, there's so much there. So after you're done, you go in with a system. There is a, there is a template in our brain, yes. That's, walk, walk us through that briefly. That's why you don't miss anything. That's what we get trained to do because sometimes buyers will pull us away from certain things and you have to be able to go back right where you ended up and continue on. So essentially there is a system. Um, you can go from left to right, up to top to bottom. Like for this room, I would go left to right and then go up and then go down. And if I get stopped somewhere in that process, and somebody asks me a question about something else, I can answer that question and go back to where I started or ended up and continue on. So exterior is the same way. Little, you break the house down in little pieces and go all the way around. And same thing with the interior, attic, it all has a system. Even the basement. The basement is sometimes hard for a home inspector as a beginner because it's complicated. There's a lot of direction, a lot of things pull your eyes away and you gotta stay controlled not to pull your eyes in the different directions that you're not reporting on. So you have to stay disciplined, but there definitely is a system. Well, and I think if you, and I use this in our world all the time, I teach our agents that you need to rely on a system. Trust the system, build mm -hmm. the system the right way, adjust as you need to. Sometimes you have to learn, unlearn, and relearn when it comes to building your systems. Mm -hmm. But you trust that system and you do the same thing all the time. And that's huge for liability as well. Huge, yep. Because you can say, you know, and again, you're susceptible to lawsuits just like we are. Mm -hmm. I mean, anytime you're providing services to the public, and that's why we have errors and omissions insurance, you know, in case something does happen. But I would say it's pretty rare that a real estate agent who's trained and experienced misses something just like with a home inspector. I would agree. I as would long agree. as you're following that. And I think sometimes where, correct me if I'm wrong, when people get upset with their inspector, it's things that happen that are not part of the home inspection. inspection. Or it was not visible. Correct. Or maybe wasn't the conditions were, were not right. So like, like we talked about this in a previous podcast, snow on the roof. Yes. An example. Exactly. I mean, you can't melt the snow. But they still get mad because they, they want to blame someone. And, and then we have to feel through those calls and educate them. And there's a system for that too, you know. Um, because that's just what happens with uh, home inspectors. It's just part of the part of the business. Callbacks. So let's um, let's just kind of wrap up the how the inspection works, right? With a process, okay. with a system. You're seeing everything. You're noting everything, and you do that right on the spot. It's not like you're taking paper notes. You're going back and putting it in, you know, into a mm -hmm. report. Your your systems are designed as such that you can do it right there, and then mm -hmm. it populates the report. Right. Kind of like almost like on a tablet. Right. Actually, we have we have multiple inspectors on site. Our software can merge all that together too. Oh. Put it all in one one system. Very nice. Efficiency. I like that. Yes. Yes. So fast forward to the end of the inspection. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, the inspector is there to ask the questions 
or answer any questions a buyer has. And, and I agree with what you said before. That to me is the most important part. You're paying somebody, you know, typical inspection would let's say between $400 and $650. Mm-hmm. And I would say their average being around what, 500-ish? Yeah. Something like that. A, it's a significant amount of money. You're paying for somebody's eyes and ears and you know, the, the second set of eyes and ears, we talked about that too. But at the same time, you're now learning about your home. Right. You're buying it, and now it's time to learn about it. Yes, there's a whole contractual part. Talk about how those conversations go. Talk about some of the things that an inspector can or should say, and some things that the inspector should avoid when you're summarizing, and even answering questions that a buyer asks. Because sometimes the buyers, they'll put you in a position you don't want to be in with some of the questions they ask. Yeah. So I asked you like three questions there. I'll try to, I'll try to get all three. I'm not sure if I will. you have to refresh my memory. But for instance... Summary-wise, you find out the roof is at the end of its useful life. What's the, what's the natural question right out of the out of the gate when I tell someone that? Well, how much is that going to yes, cost me? Exactly. Or, well, how many years do I have? Exactly. And then, I I I'm try to be comical on on uh, on inspections, and I'll say, well, that roof has one year, two months, three days, a mi- uh, uh, two hours, and one minute left. And then they laugh and giggle, and I'm like, that's what you're asking me to do. It's like asking, when is this light bulb going to go out? Have any idea? It's been up there for years, but I, can, I can't tell you when it's going to go up because that's what they're asking me to do. Right. So that's why we put it in. If it's in poor condition, this is something should be looked at now. You know, if it's in marginal, it's something that may need repair anytime within the next five years. Um, so, yeah, those are those. And it just doesn't stop with roofs. It can go with all different type of stuff. Furnace. Yeah. Or remodeling ideas. Hey, can I knock this wall out? You know, stuff like that. It's like we're, we're really not there to coach you on remodeling. Um I try to answer the best I can, but those are questions we kind of avoid. Um, uh, in the report, you won't see any life expectancies. Some people want me to fill out their insurance papers. How much how much life roof or life does the roof have? So we won't go over that. We'll just say this is the condition, and you can either be proactive or counteractive. I mean, how you want to do it. But I think another piece that gets kind of thrown out here is the property condition report. The property condition report, we're in there for two hours, three hours, looking at what we what we can see. But if a homeowner's been there for the entire life of the home, that's that's a legal document that we kind of start, it's our benchmark, okay? So if they're saying, if I see stains here and they're saying it was fixed in the, in the report, in their property condition report, that's kind of a benchmark we have to use. Um, of course, we use moisture meters, but I don't think enough people use that property condition report um, as as they should um but it's definitely it's an important part of the transaction that they should evaluate so a a separate podcast uh which listeners can find um just in the in the um uh, the listing of what what's available i talked about that and i talked about reporting and disclosure Mm -hmm. and and it was i I, I named the podcast tell it to the judge because you know when, when you hear the phrase tell it to the judge what's the scenario that you dave think about i just gave you that scenario or that, that, that line, tell it to the judge. What scenario do you think about when you Being in court. Well, being in court, but I think a lot of people think of, ah, you get a traffic ticket, right? Yeah. And the, the officer, you know, at least on TV, says, sir, tell it to the judge. Now, I spent, you know, many years in law enforcement, and of course I issue tickets, but uh, that was something you politely told people. Well, go to court and tell your story. 
what I wanted people in that podcast to, to look at and to think about, and you just hit, on, hit it on the head, is you presented a document to a buyer. You are by law mandated to talk about the condition of all aspects of the house. And there's a lot of catch-all questions. It's, it's in very in-depth. Well, and you remember um, a couple of years ago that changed from a two-and-a-half-page yes. document to now a six-page, essentially. Yeah. Five-and-a-half pages, roughly. But it, it, it's, you know, have you ever filed an insurance claim? Those are things that you have to disclose. And I, you know, sellers will call and because I can't tell them how to do right. it, right? I don't want to get... They're looking for guidance. You, want, you don't want to uh, uh, give them bad advice? or I don't want to give them bad advice. I want to help them. But I also can't answer the question for them. Right. I'm prohibited by, of doing that. But you know, I, I just tell them usually one thing. If you were buying the house, what would you want to know? That's good advice. If, you were, if you're on the opposite side of the aisle and you're buying your house, buying this house, what would you want to know? You'd want to know everything. So I strongly encourage people to over-disclose. You guys um, will ask questions when we're there too. Hey, did the buyer, did the sellers mention anything about X, Y, and Z in their inspection report? Oftentimes it's in the kitchen, right? They have, might have their marketing materials out and it's mm -hmm. there. Right. Because those provide some clues and it might give you some indicators. Dave, do you think that, now let's kind of shift to the seller side. Uh, let's say I'm selling my house. We're neighbors, you own your home inspection company. And now you know that they're, you know, you know I'm selling, um, we're talking about it. And I said, Dave, how can I prepare as a seller to have the best experience with an inspection that's going to happen after I accept an offer? In other words, you can do pre-inspections. Mm -hmm. What are some of the other things that you can do to prepare? And I've got some ideas, but I, I don't wanna pick your brain first. It's easy, fix the little things. Fix the outlet covers that are missing. Fix the miswired outlets. You can go buy a little tester for eight bucks. It's what a home inspector has. Put covers on junction boxes. Put light bulbs in that, that are missing. These are the things that, that actually bring down the report in value when it comes to uh, bad marks, okay? Because these things can't be confirmed as being operated or just a simple outlet cover missing is a scary safety hazard in the report. And it's something that, that they can do, like fix the little plumbing leaks. If there's a drip, if there's a small leak underneath, just fix the little things. And, and that'll, that'll go a long way just to, because otherwise, if another value is, is, is if they want you to repair these little things, for whatever reason, <laughs> uh, now you gotta get a plumber to do it. You know, you gotta have some documentation saying it was done by a professional where you can weed out a lot of that if you just fix the little things that normal houses have little deficiencies and I'm guilty of it too. I sold my house well two years ago and I lived there for 12 years and I finally covered up the open junction boxes in the basement. So I mean I, I understand it but it's the little things like that loose hardware on, on cabinetry just the things that will uh, muck up a report that normally wouldn't. So, and, and I guess just overall maintenance. That's why the, I mentioned earlier in this podcast that the exterior is the longest for us to report on. It's because most times it's neglected. Well, and all of that is great advice. You can have a pre-inspection done. You, you guys do You that. can, yes. Um, one of the disadvantages, you know, because I hear about pros and cons, right? Mm -hmm. If I'm a seller, if I didn't know about something, well, now you do. Mm -hmm. But I, I, you know, I look at that and I think that that's kind of flawed logic. You might not know that you have, um, let's say, double tapping in your junction box, right? Right. Your electrical box. 
double tapping, very, you have two Common. positive feeds yeah. coming into one, yeah. an area that's probably supposed to have one. Right. Um, but you can fix it first. You can fix it up front. Right. And that way you can go into this with confidence knowing I mean, it's going to come up. Now, the one thing I don't recommend people test for on the seller side is radon. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. Because that's, that's a personal belief. If, if that, well, well, I mean personal because some people believe in it, some people don't, whether it's out there or not. I mean, it's out there. It's a hazard regardless. But some people are like, ah, I don't need that. Just like asbestos, just like lead. Uh, it's, it's whatever uh, they want. And when we do pre-inspections, I, I don't recommend a radon test. If the buyer wants that, they can get it. Well, and, and the, the reality is because we are in a seller's market right now. Again. Um, and there's ebbs and flows throughout the year, but generally for years now we've been in a seller's mm -hmm. market. When you have a, a scenario, people might take that on themselves and they understand it's going to be about a thousand dollar risk. Mm -hmm. I love radon mitigation systems. Um, I always recommend my buyers test for it if possible, just so that they know. But the bottom line for me is that it's also a whole home dehumidifier. So it's constantly sucking that, that moisture out below the foundation. Right. And that does save some of the stuff. Let's go back to, to some of the things that you're going to talk about during the inspection or during the summary. We talked about this in a previous podcast. You, you can't look into a water heater. You can't look into a furnace's inner parts. Right. You can look in the housing for rusting. Heat exchanger. Yep. Um, but you're telling these people that it's a snapshot in time right now. Right. A week from now, that could be totally different. Look what happened last last week. How many days did it rain? Uh, almost everyone. Do you think that maybe some people re, uh, experienced some conditions on their houses that never was or haven't been there for years? Well, you were in the business in 2008, 2010. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you know exactly where I'm going with that. Yeah. Uh, flooding. Yeah. You know, feet. I think we had, what do we have, like seven, seven inches of rain in a matter of mm -hmm. like four or five hours in metro Milwaukee. Yeah, we, see, we saw things in a home that no one's ever seen before. Uh, and a, that's a great time to do it is. a home inspection. It actually is. People, <laughs> for the buyer. People, for well, sure. for the buyer. The buyer, um, well, for one thing, you realize how many roofs actually leak. But the buyer would always comment on how, how much of a bad day it is. And I'm like, no, it's really a good day for a, for a home inspection. Right. Bad absolutely. for me because I'm out there getting wet. But good for you because we're going to find probably a little bit more. Dave, as we, as we wrap this three-part series up, and I, and I want to thank you so much. I mean, this has been such good and useful information, not only for buyers yeah. who are typically your clients, right? Right. But uh, for sellers, too, who might certainly want to know what's going to happen and what to expect. Um, you're always available. You guys have a great website. Tell us a little bit about that. Give us your contact information as well. Our website is mkehs.com. Um, lots of good information on there as far as um, getting information on repairs on your houses as well as booking online and all the things that we offer with our inspections. Uh, client care at myhsite.com is our email and our phone number, our main number is 414-321-1070. 414-321-1070 and what I love about your site is, and I, I can't say a lot of other inspectors do this, um, included free with every inspection is mold protection, sewer line protection, warranties, and more. Yes. So you've, I like to say that my business stands out and I hope my agents stand out as well. 
right and i think you've built your business to do that to stand out from the typical i would not consider you to be a typical inspection firm well thank you for noticing it thank you for noticing we try to do the same thing um last minute uh advice if you're a seller or a buyer when it comes to preparing for the home inspection any last thoughts before we wrap this up if you're a buyer I'm going to use your comment. When do when is there conflict? When there's expectations, what do you say? How do you say it? Conflict occurs when expectations differ. Right. Or are not what they perceive, right? Mm -hmm. So when you go into a home inspection, I know they are already emotionally moved in, but you need to bring it back a little bit and you need to realize that things are going to be found on your home inspection so that you're not taken aback and all of a sudden we find one or two things and you feel the house is just not fitting what you thought it would be because uh, the next house could be worse. Um, always try to work out the deal and always absorb the inspection till its fullest before you start itemizing what you want done. Um, because you could be concerned about grading outside or maybe a little crack here and there in exterior, but if you have a bad foundation, that stuff maybe is not so important and now you've wasted all your energy on worrying about that until we got into the basement. Seller, I just, I think, uh, um, Another service we provide is a walk and talk. Sellers can do a quick walk and talk. We go through it and we just give them a verbal inspection as to what might come up on a home inspection. And then they can take that information as they wish. Um, it's not as expensive as a full-fledged home inspection, but then again, nothing's written down. It's just for their, their benefit. Um, and they can, again, do what they want with it. Um, but otherwise, fix the little things and maintain your property. And in closing, I think we both agree if you're a seller and you know something is wrong or it comes up, either get it fixed or be upfront about it. Right. That's the most important thing. I agree. You know, I, had, I had a buyer who was buying a property. They were coming in from St. Louis. And he's a professor at one of the universities locally here, came to me through referral. After they buy the house, the seller, um, who didn't disclose some foundational issues, um, after, I should say, after they buy the house, several Months later, some water starts to seep in. They call the, the most reputable company, and the only reason I'm not gonna name the company is because I don't wanna be any, I don't wanna hint towards this transaction. Um, but they call the most reputable basement company in Metro Milwaukee. You and I both know the owner, he's a great guy. And they said, huh, we were here a couple years ago, and we remember it. And the same guy that came in 2019 was there in 2016. And of course, produced a report that the seller was given. You might as well just, if you're the seller, open up your checkbook and start writing checks. All right. You know, we never want to be in that situation. It's our obligation by law to disclose. You have people like you, good people, great organizations that are there to do just an, just an objective analysis of that house. If you're a buyer, we, we have a disclosure that says if you're going to buy a property without a home inspection, it's on you. <laughs> we will make right. you sign that disclosure. Right. We just don't agree with it. Uh, you guys provide invaluable um, second opinions on a home. And to your point, these people moved in already. Now it's our job to make sure that it's a good decision. Right, right. Dave, I thank agree. you for your time. My uh, pleasure. Three excellent, excellent podcasts. Appreciate this one was the best. Yes. <laughs> they are. Wisconsin Real Estate Today, your foremost um, real estate related podcast, share, uh, rate us, and uh, let us know how we can help you. We love to put these on for you. I'm John Gescheidmeyer, I'm your host. 
Thanks to Dave from Home Site Inspection Services in Milwaukee. And that's all we have for today. Thank you. This episode of Wisconsin Real Estate Today has come to a close. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast and let others know if you found this content useful. Until next time, make today your best day.